You're listening to Indus here on BBC Radio Manchester and BBC Radio Lancashire. And uh, my name's Dalit Rukawan, just in case you missed it in the jingle. Um, but the time now, it's uh, 7.30. Now, a new book by a Manchester writer charts the story of how India is using space technology to drive a developing nation into the 21st century. The Indian Space Programme, India's incredible journey from third world to first, is the latest offering from author Gurbir Singh. And I'm really pleased to say... Gurbir joins me in the studio. Hello. Good evening, Tala. How are you? You're right. I'm excellent, thank you. Well, thank you very much for coming in and taking time out. Now, this is a, a quite a, a thick book, <laughs> isn't it? And it looks like a lot of hard work has gone into this. So what led you to write a book about the Indian Space Programme? Well, I always wanted to uh, read a book uh, to learn about the Indian Space Programme. And at the time, there wasn't one. So that really was the motivation to, to write it. Right, okay. And what about yourself personally? Was it a real keen interest uh, about space itself? Mm. Uh, I've been interested in space and astronomy since childhood. And um, uh, indeed, from um, the very first book, which is just about the uh, journey of the very first cosmonaut to Manchester, of all places, Yuri Gagarin came here in yeah. 1961. And I only found out about the fact that he, he had been here in 2010. And I looked around for a book. And again, there wasn't one, so I wrote that first book for the same motivation as well. Right, OK. So um, something clearly you're quite passionate about. Um, in terms of when you're doing research for a book, um, how rigorous is your research then and what, what sort of process do you have to go through? Well, I, I, I write part-time, so that's one of the reasons why it took, uh, in this case, six years to write it. Wow. Um, part of it involved visiting... Um, uh, India on three separate research trips and I uh, visited some archives, institutions, museums and I suppose the most interesting element of, uh, of the research was meeting people directly involved in the activities, especially in the early days of uh, generating all the, the building of the infrastructure that's led to t today's um, very complex and sophisticated um, infrastructure where India now builds, designs, launches and operates remote sensing satellites, communication satellites, um, navigation satellites and in fact there is a, a, a space telescope, much more than that, uh, which uh, India is operating in Earth orbit and indeed there is a, a spacecraft in the orbit of Mars as we speak. Right. Now, because you sound like you're a real expert in this particular area, um, how much of an in-depth understanding as, uh, as a punter, as a reader, do we need to have in order to understand your book? Well, the way I've structured it is um, the first third of it is all about the history in the early days, about how science and technology developed, uh, going back to Tipu Sultan, who uh, used rockets in warfare, in the early days. Right. Um, it's um, uh, the middle bits, really, I suppose, the, the technology bit. That's a bit that interests me. There is, uh, There are nine appendices uh, which help people understand some of the terminologies. But I've assumed uh, just about every 
technical term I've introduced uh, with um, uh, with a bit I've introduced with a bit of an introduction for those people who are not familiar. And the final bit is all about how and why India is doing this, how it fits into the bigger picture of a nation that really shouldn't in many ways have started doing something like this, but ended up with uh, a first world infrastructure on a very modest budget at the end of the day and it's now providing for much of the uh, certainly the middle class uh, of uh, the Indian population with services which uh, compare with the first world and indeed many of the rural communities also have access to services supported by space-based infrastructure which they otherwise wouldn't. Right now when you (coughs) excuse me when you set out to write a book um, I take you, did you go to India and did you meet the relevant people and what did they have to say about your endeavours? <laughs> well, they were quite uh, very, very supportive. Uh, in um, the, During the three trips, I visited uh, Sikkim, very uh, up north in northern parts of uh, India, where one of the very earliest uh, rocket um, enthusiasts was working during the 1930s and 40s. Now, not many people know about this uh, character who tested rockets as a means of transport long before ISRO, the Indian Space Research Organization, set up. They really initiated uh, the space program in India uh, on the 21st of November with the very first launch of uh, a rocket from Indian soil into space. But um, in Sikkim in the 1930s and 40s, somebody was doing that. I also went down to Kerala, way down south, <clears throat> which is uh, essentially the very birthplace of the cradle of the Indian space program, where that rocket I mentioned in November 61 took off from, a place called Thumba. Now that's uh, incorporated into a very large, in fact, the largest uh, site within the Indian Space Research Organization called the Vikram Sarabhai Space Center. I also went to... Um, uh, place called the uh, Satish Down Space Centre, or Siri Harikota, as it's sometimes called. That's on the east coast of India, just uh, 100 kilometres north of Chennai, and that's where every rocket that's gone into space from India has been launched from, that's gone into Earth orbit, indeed, to, to the Moon and Mars as well. And when you went there, was it a real buzz? It was, actually. I, I was... Um, treated uh, exceptionally well um, they were quite keen to uh, because although India is well known for producing um, some spectacular achievements on modest budgets they don't really spend all that much money talking about what they're doing and their publicity departments are not as well funded as those in Europe for example the European Space Agency or indeed NASA so to I suppose for them to have something that's as you see in the book in front of you it's fairly detailed it's not comprehensive but fairly detailed um, composition of everything that they do is is, is helpful to them right now um People have been very kind. They've done uh, my work for me. And I have a list of questions 
uh, which you put out there, and this is uh, via Facebook. So I hope the individuals don't mind me mentioning their names, yes, um, if that's okay. And um, so let's go through some of these questions because they are questions I would have eventually moved on to. And uh, Jean has a question: uh, Why do you think it's important to spend money on space research when uh, people are starving? Uh, it's a very common question, yeah. and it is something that uh, really intrigued me as well. Um, the way that economies develop around the world, um, those which are successful are based on technology and science. And it was very important for the very first president, uh, the Prime Minister of India, Jawaharlal Nehru, to initiate India's post-independence development focused on the heart of science and technology. If they didn't choose that route, uh, Nehru was convinced that it would be a very slow progress. And by doing that, for example, India now has satellite television, direct home broadcasting. If in the absence of that, the only, only alternative would have been traditional TV masts. And India is a huge place. It's very difficult to uh, construct an infrastructure on that scale. And satellite offer a, a very uh, optimal solution. And the bottom line is this, I guess. If India didn't have a space program, either they would have to do without those services or um, buy them in. And of right. course, when you buy them in, you have to be um, flexible with, uh, you have to go with whatever pricing and availability, reliability your suppliers offer you. And India's always been um, has always placed self-reliance at the forefront, and every nation, I guess, would do that. And that's one of the reasons why it's recently, uh, it's almost complete now, uh, in, gone and in, installed its own, um, they call it GPS, but it's actually a regional version of GPS, rather than use the American or, or other, other nations. It's self-reliant and has its own uh, GPS system. It also has search and rescue services which are supported through space-based infrastructure as well. Right. So, uh, in, in other words, there's a lot of good that comes from uh, India investing in uh, in space uh, as opposed to the, the negatives. Absolutely. In, in and indeed, the, the education, uh, healthcare, farming, fishing, town planning, all of these services are supported by the spacecraft that uh, India has in orbit right now. Okay, well, good to be Stay with us. Uh, what we're going to now do is um, uh, find out what's happening on the region's roads. Here's Nick Arkell. BBC Radio Manchester and BBC Radio Lancashire travel update. Traffic is fine on the M60, no problems on the motorways generally, not too bad on the M6. Actually, it's not a slight lie there, it's still a little bit slow on the M67, but things are getting a lot better now towards the end of the motorway into Mosham. It's almost completely clear. Um, slow through Levensume on both sides, the A6, quite heavy traffic through there. Uh, things are okay through Manchester City Centre, Regent Road coming in, that's improving. And it's fine through Lancashire with uh, local routes as well, can't see any delays on the far coast through Lancaster's one-way system. All on the move from what I can see. If you're heading on to the trains and nothing unexpected going on of course lots of engineering works as usual but some um, no specific delays through manchester piccadilly like we had earlier on and that's the latest bbc radio manchester and bbc radio lancashire 
Now, my special guest in the studio today is uh, Gurbir Singh, and we're talking about his new book, The Indian Space Programme, India's Incredible Journey from the Third World Towards the First. And it is quite an incredible journey when you consider uh, India as a third world country, uh, in terms of businesses, it's you know, its economy is doing very well, and we were taking questions from individuals, and these are some questions I've come via Facebook, and uh, Jean was asking whether it was important to spend money on uh, space research, and uh, the other question she had to that was, uh, what's the most important achievement of the Indian Space Program? So if you could, which you've touched on, I suppose. Well, yeah, actually, I think uh, this is uh, a, a very. Very interesting question. I, I, and different people will have a, a different view on this. My uh, response would be the the very bold ambition that the uh, founding fathers for this space program had right at the outset. This is going back into early 1960s. The idea, uh, it's 15 years after independence, the idea that uh, such a developing nation should have a space program was just crazy, um, reckless concept even. And yet um, even the intervening 55 years, it succeeded beyond their initial objectives and it's gone way beyond that by now. Right. And just a connecting connection, uh, um, connecting question from Gene, and this is from uh, Andy Green, and he says, uh, why does a country with a space program still need so much foreign aid for the basics of life? So it's almost a case of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, balancing the books, isn't it? You know, in on one hand, you're going to spend a hell of a lot of money on the space program, uh, and yet uh, humans, uh, the, the average individual is struggling, and yet we still need foreign aid to help them and, you know. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Uh, And again, it's another one that intrigued me. And uh, of course, when you dig down, you find actually the the reality is a little bit more different. Sure, India does receive, uh, in fact, up until about two years ago, India used to get about 300 million US dollars of aid from Britain. Now, that's been declining. I thought it had stopped by now, but uh, it's uh, certainly uh, much, much reduced by now. But India itself is now a net donor of international aid, not a recipient. Uh, India is uh, donated, uh, has pledged uh, 10 million, sorry, 10 billion dollars towards development projects in Africa, committed 1 billion to Afghanistan for its fight against terrorism and rebuilding, and has contributed to over 800 uh, million US dollars to students from 156 developing countries to study in Indian universities. And this uh, uh, means that in terms of its local region, for Bhutan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka, it's a net donor of aid, not a recipient. And in the the last quarter of a century, last 25 years of the last century, India, uh, India's poverty reduced from uh, 50% to 25%. <clears throat> and if you think about um, space and poverty, well, uh, just the fact that uh, India has a space program doesn't necessarily mean that it, uh, uh, it can eradicate poverty. The US, United States, has for the last uh, 20, 30 years, has had a, a poverty level of about 15, between 10 and 15% consistently and of course, it spends much, much more on its space program. Yeah, fair point there, I suppose. Um, 
Nicholas Stegel, um, question. Have India begun discussions for India to resume manned space flight to the future space stations of China and Russia, or indeed the lunar orbital outposts, either on shared spacecraft or a future Indian manned spacecraft? Well, India's not really got currently a manned space program, and it's never really had one. Um, I suppose uh, of um, Indian origin, there have been six individuals that uh, have been to space. Two women, um, Sunita Williams and uh, Kalpana Chawla, they they went to space as American citizens. Each one had two uh, space missions. Um, Kalpana Chawla was uh, in... um, uh, went to space twice in 1997 and 2003 in the space shuttle and sadly during the 2003 mission during her return journey there was a catastrophic failure and all seven astronauts were lost. Uh, she's very well high, highly regarded in India. She was born in uh, a town called Karnal in Punjab. I think now it's in, uh, in Haryana. Um, but uh, Sunita Williams, she's uh, still a, an active uh, participant in NASA. She's been into the International Space Station twice and uh, in, during those two missions she's clocked up an amazing 320 days in space. Wow, I'm jealous. Uh, that's almost a year. <laughs> and during that time she's also clocked up 50 hours in seven spacewalks and she's really one of the most experienced uh, astronauts. But she was the product of uh, a Serbian um, and uh, her, her, her mother was Serbian, her father was from Gujarat, but they both settled in America where Sunita William was born. Right. Two of the other astronauts uh, who never made it to space were ISRO engineers, uh, N.C. Bhatt and P. Radhakrishnan. Um, they were supposed to go on board space shuttle to help launch an Indian satellite as payload specialists. But their mission was due in late 1986. And in early 1986, unfortunately, the Challenger disaster, the very first one to befall the space shuttle program, uh, again, another seven astronauts were lost, meant that the American government cancelled the travel of foreign uh, uh, astronauts on the space shuttle. And the very... The only astronaut who was of Indian origin who's been to space was a guy called is a guy called Rakesh Sharma. He spent just over a week in uh, in space in uh, 1984, and he trained along with Ravish Malhotra in Star City in Moscow. They went up with the the Russians, and so far, the only person who's been to space is Rakesh Sharma. And guess what? They're making a film. About oh, Rakesh Sharma. About time, I suppose, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And guess who's playing the, the lead role? Who's that going to be? It's not Come you, on. is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, SRK himself. Okay, Shah Rukh Khan. Shah Rukh Khan, really? He's supposed to be... Start, the film is supposed to start near the end of this year, so by early next year, or sometime next year, you could have a, an all-singing and dancing astronaut, astronaut on the screen. <laughs> oh, great. That's fantastic, isn't it? Bollywood in space. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. <laughs> that, that that'll certainly be very good. Um, I mean, I've always had a passion. Uh, I, I'm a, a bit of a sci-fi geek. Oh, I love yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek, and all that sort uh-huh. of stuff. And 
I would love to go to space if I had the opportunity, yeah. uh, and I suppose the health as well, really, um, or at least have my coffin sort of you know shot out into space. Um, but what about you? Uh, do you are you a, 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 a sci-fi fan? Where does your real interest stem from? Is it an, a childhood ambition to be an astronaut? Well, I did have a go. Uh, oh, right. I suppose of all the jobs that I've tried to get and failed, one that I'm proud of is uh, back in the late 80s. You, you probably not old enough to remember this, but there was an advert. It said astronaut required, no experience necessary. And that was in the UK. And uh, uh, Helen Sharman eventually uh, got that, uh, uh, that role. And she went into the Mir space station and uh, she spent two weeks there back in uh, uh, just before the USSR broke up. So I've always had an interest in, in space. I've had an interest in aviation. Um, and uh, I've uh, now got into to writing books. Well, I suppose that's probably the next best thing, isn't it, really? <laughs> I suppose. Certainly at my age. <laughs> well, it's, re- it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Gurbir. I wish I had more time to continue our chat uh, because I love space and there's quite a few questions. Well, yeah. um, and but hopefully we will sort of, you know, maybe catch up in the near future and have and uh, more in, of a discussion. In fact, I've got uh, the book launch happening on Friday this week. Okay, it's and where's that taking place? It's happening at the International Society. It's just uh, across the road from the Students' Union on on Oxford Road and it's a free open event uh, open to the public and uh, anybody can come along and you don't need to buy a book and there's some drinks and snibbles as well Right, lovely that's a great offer and the book is now available I take it It's available in paperback hardback and of course ebook Right, lovely. That's the Indian Space Programme by Gurbir Singh. Thank you very much for taking time out. 